Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the Food Fan, here at Food Fan Headquarters with another exciting episode of Asheville Food Fans. It is a podcast that I do throughout the week, and then I string it together for broadcast on WPVM 103.7 FM, the progressive voice of the mountains, here in beautiful Asheville, Western North Carolina. All right, everybody, I've got a great show lined up for you today. I got a couple of interviews and then a review or two of some food I ate lately. And I've even got some food news at the end. And I don't do a lot of food news because I'm not very good at researching it. But there was a big story that happened internationally. And I'm going to cover that a little bit, plus a few other littler stories. But anyways, let's start with a review. Now, I got two burgers in one night delivered to me through Kickback, ABL.com the only local food delivery service. And full disclosure, I did work for them during the shutdown period of the pandemic. And uh, so, you know, I work for them. I love them. I use them. Just letting you know that. But I ordered from the Chop Shop Burger Truck. Uh, They seem to specialize almost exclusively in burgers. They do have some chili fries and other things on the menu, but not very much. It's mostly just burgers. And I got two different ones. I got the OG, and then I just got the plain burger. And yeah, I'm a kind of guy that orders two burgers for dinner. For one thing, if I'm getting delivery just for myself, I'm going to order more than one thing because even though it costs more, the cost of delivery is less because because I get two meals out of it, basically. I don't know what I'm trying to tell you. It's just, to me, it seems more efficient to order more food than you would eat all in one meal when you get delivery just for one person. So anyways, I ate half of each burger. The OG had like lettuce, tomato. Uh, I I eschewed the onions. I put some bacon on there. The plain one just had cheese. I just added cheese to that one. And they were both excellent. The burgers from the Chop Shop food truck cannot be beat like well i don't know about that there's a lot of great burgers out there so maybe maybe we need to bring back the battle of the burger i don't think that uh all american food fights and kelly denson the original producers i do not think that she's planning on bringing that back but maybe we can do something similar someday and have a smaller more limited version of the battle of the burger here i am getting all reminiscent about the good old days um but anyway so i highly recommend that you get a burger or two or all of the burgers on the menu from the chop shop butchery. Uh, in case you don't know, the chop shop is a butcher shop up there on North Asheville, been around for a long time and it's a local favorite. They have excellent, excellent product and the people who work there are really nice people. And uh, the chop shop food truck makes all these great burgers and either find out where they're parked or order them through kickback. That's one of the great things about delivery. Local delivery is They can deliver from food trucks, which you don't always know where the food trucks are going to be, but you can always find them online at Kickback. So uh, that's a little recommendation for you there. The burgers delivered or find the truck. Um, And then just this morning, as I record this, just this morning, Dawn and I went to Mother Bakery down in the River Arts District, kind of right off of Depot Street, a little bit of a hidden location a very small space, like tiny, tiny little space. 
and a very popular new bakery. If you haven't heard of it, Mother. I almost don't even want to tell you about it because I don't want it to get more crowded. You got it. They open at 10 o'clock. They close at 6 o'clock. And you got to be there right at 10 o'clock if you want to get what you want to get as opposed to getting what they have left. So uh, Dawn and I bundled up. It's really cold today. It's the first real cold day of the year. Um, single digits when we left the house. And we get in line at Mother and we're in line outside. And so that was a little hard. And then we get inside and it's, a, as I said, a tiny space. It's full of people. People were ordering so much stuff. They were like, I'll take one of those, two of those, three of those. And these are like loaves of bread and plus bagels, pretzels, uh, English muffins. People were ordering a lot of stuff. I started to get hella food FOMO. This is a psychological disorder that I suffer from, and I'm only halfway kidding. It When I start to worry that I'm not going to be able to get what I want in when it comes to food, I get so much anxiety about it. I have to like try to get Zen. I almost told Don, I got to go wait in the car because I can't handle the anticipation of whether or not we're going to get this freaking olive loaf we've got our eyes on. And uh, it was a focaccia with big olives in it, big Casa Lavada olives. Um, and so we're in line. My FOMO is growing like crazy. People are getting like two, three shopping bags full of bread. And but cut to the chase, we got our focaccia with the olives in it. And we got another loaf of just basic country white and then a half a loaf of challah. Or not, I'm sorry, not challah bread, but babka. So we got ours, which my FOMO dissipated, but I'm sure the people in line behind us were probably freaking out even more than we were in the line was still going out the door. So what am I telling you? I'm telling you that Mother Bakery is excellent. Like I've already tucked into the babka. It's excellent. We haven't tucked into the olive loaf or the bread yet because that's for our Christmas dinner tomorrow, our Christmas Eve dinner. Dawn's going to make some lovely spaghetti and meatballs and lasagna. Her Half her family is Italian and they owned an Italian restaurant for three generations. So uh, we are, Dawn is a fantastic Italian cook and we are really looking forward to that. We bought some high quality bread to go with it. So I recommend you do the same. Probably too late now by the time you're hearing this. But next week, get into Mother and get yourself some really good stuff. Anticipate that it could be very busy, though. And they, they stay open till 6, and we're like, what do they have left to sell at 6 o'clock? And the answer is wine. They sell bottles of wine. So get yourself in there, get some wine and some bread, and you cannot go wrong. All right, and that is basically the two reviews I had for you. I guess I wanted to also review my own gingerbread house that I made. Don and I bought cookie cutters of the shapes of a gingerbread house rather than buying the cookies already made in a package. I'm sure you've seen those. We bought the cutters. Don made the dough from a New York Times gingerbread cookie recipe and I rolled it out. I cut the shapes. We baked them together and then I assembled the gingerbread house with a lot of royal icing, the cement of the food world. And I put it together and decorated it, and it looks pretty good. You can see it online if you want to check it out. And it is the reason we did it is because I wanted to try to eat this thing. So it's going to be as hard as petrified wood 
by the time I get around to eating it, but I'm still gonna try. I got tired of just buying the pre-made thing, knowing that we weren't going to even try to eat it. It just seems stupid to me. Why not make it out of cardboard in that case? Uh, so I'm going to try to eat this dang thing. And if I chip a tooth, you're going to notice it the next time you see me. All right, folks. Well, that is my introduction, a couple of reviews. Let's get on to one of our interviews. Hey, everybody. It's me, Stu Helm, the food fan. And here I am at Food Fan Headquarters. And did I just eat cake and ice cream for breakfast? Yes, I did. And the person responsible for that is with me today. I have Greg Garrison, food royalty, in my opinion, from the Hop Ice Cream. And he brought me one of their delicious Christmas Yule Logs this morning. And yes, I already tucked into it. Greg, how are you? Doing well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for bringing me this Yule Log and for coming on the show with me this morning. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to do both. Thank you, man. And yeah, this, the, the Yule Log... Folks, if you haven't seen pictures of this thing online, I'm about to post a bunch of my pictures. So by the time you listen to this, there will be a bunch of, of my pictures up. But you can also see pictures on the Hop uh, um, Facebook page and, and such. This thing is beautiful and very cute to look at. I, like super cute. The little sprinkles of sugar to represent the sort of glistening snow. Very cute. So are, are, are you the person who designs the cakes? Or is that all Ashley? Or you have a another person i don't know about so these uh the ice cream yule logs are actually a probably 25 to 30 year old tradition maybe even longer than that um going back to before the hop made its own ice cream to the biltmore dairy days of the hop so this is okay. like 30 years ago probably um maybe even longer than that but the so we've we inherited these as a seasonal option uh, from the previous owners who they then they inherited it from the owners before them and it's been going on for a while so we've definitely put our own twist on them uh, and you know try and do something fun and new every year um, but yeah the the design element is definitely Ashley like okay. the the little decorations the uh, the, the little holly leaves yeah just the just enough, right? Yeah. To to make it feel festive and uh, add that extra little cuteness. I think cute is the perfect word for, especially the smaller one, the mini that I gave you one of those. We have a larger version. Oh, really? There's one um, bigger than the one you gave me? It's it's at least double the size. Yeah. Dang, dude, because the <laughs> one you gave me is the size of a small loaf of bread. Um, so the big one must be for like a large family. Yeah, extent. it's like it's like 12 to 16 people. Wow. Wow. Um, and uh, yeah, you're right. Just the right amount of that cuteness added. I, I have said since day one that I've been writing about food that I give extra points for cuteness. Uh, <laughs> that that just really makes me happy. And um, so, yeah, but just the right amount. So it was not overly done. And having too much um, like extra little doodads or decorations would also add a lot of sugar content and a lot of frosting and such to it where... With this U-Log, I mostly want to be enjoying that cake and, of course, the beautiful ice cream inside. And, Greg, I got the vanilla bean, but you had other flavors. Do you mind telling us what flavors you have? 
Sure. So we do a dairy and a vegan version. The dairy version, we do vanilla beans, salted caramel, and peppermint stick as the inside ice cream flavors. And then the vegan ones are vanilla bean, oat milk, and peppermint stick hemp milk. Dang. Well, this is... Now, I want to say, by the time this show airs, it's going to be the day before Christmas. So I don't know that people will be able to get a U-Log this year. But put it on your list for next year if you're listening to this podcast. And also... That's a good segue into uh, what else you've got going on this year, um, because you you let me know that you had some exciting news coming up and um, some things coming up in January you wanted to touch on. And I I, I just want to back up a little bit and say that I, I called you Asheville Food Royalty. And I mean this, the hop itself has been around for a long, long time. How long have you and Ashley owned it for, though? Like quite a long while now, I would imagine. Ten years, something like that? Uh, four. 14 years 14. is we bought it in August of 2008 uh, from the previous owners who we had worked for for five years prior to that. So we're we're coming up on our 20 year anniversary as scoopers for the hop ice cream. Wow, that's awesome. So now your owners, you're it's like, sorry to make you blush, but you're two of the nicest people in this town and you're much beloved as a product and a company and the people who run the company. So why don't you go ahead and tell us what the fans can expect from the hop coming up in 2023? Sure. It's uh, this is a, an exciting year because I feel like. Uh Oh, you froze there, Greg. So 2023 is an exciting year for the hop for sure, because I feel like since the pandemic has mostly gone uh, as much as it can have gone. This is the first year that we can actually have a little bit more fun with our business and with the ice cream. And, you know, we're not, we're not worrying about day-to-day adaptations and changes and staffing and, you know, the normal things that everybody's had to deal with for the last few years. So we're really like excited about the business sort of blooming again in its new version, the new form of the hop. And a lot of what we're doing is focused more on the actual ice cream. I feel like one of the things that Ashley and I can be guilty of as business owners is is underselling our ice cream, the quality and how we make it. Um, we, we talk about it, but not in the same way we talk about other things. Um, and I, I really think that this year we get to we get to focus more on the ice cream and I'm excited about that. Um, Me too. So we've got a couple of releases coming up, January, February. Um, we, every year we do a Girl Scout Thin Mint ice cream mm-hmm. where it's, it like replaces mint chocolate chip on our, on our menu. Um, so that'll be mid January. Um, last year I did like a March madness kind of a tournament among our customers to to see which of the other girl scout cookie ice creams we would be making Mm -hmm. and that was fun and i think people enjoyed that so i'll probably do another like we'll make girl scout thin mint but then we'll probably make another cookie ice cream and let the customers choose what that's going to be uh so that'll be mid mid to end january um we're gonna do a chocolate ice cream week that's probably going to be centered around valentine's day Nice. So we'll have a whole week dedicated to chocolate ice cream. And one of the flavors we're going to celebrate during that is one we did release as like a one-off this year, but it's Choco Chistachio. 
which is a chocolate and cardamom ice cream with uh, pistachios and uh, dark cherries mm. mixed in. Uh, and that's going to become a, a staple flavor. We really enjoy that flavor and it's got a lot of good components to it. So cool. it'll come into rotation with like Aztec chocolate and chocolate orange and some of those, we call them specialty chocolate flavors. Okay. So in chocolate week around Valentine's day, we'll have Choco Chistachio official release. I think we'll do a dairy and a vegan version of that. Okay. Uh, and then one of the ones that we're uh, talking about and I, th I think it's okay for me to mention this, but we're, we're taking a nod from the breweries where, you know, they'll come together two different breweries from wherever we'll come together to collaborate on a beer. Mm -hmm. So we're, we've reached out to the parlor in Durham and they are very similar to the hop in a lot of ways. Um, you know, even from their social media, it's like, you know, it's one of the owners that runs it and it, it's really easy to connect with them. And so I reached out to them recently about doing some sort of a collaboration with them in the beginning of the year and uh, don't know exactly where that's going to go yet, but that's something to look forward to for us. Like get to work with another ice cream store, whether it's like a, a recipe swap where we give them one of our recipes and they make it and sell it at their shop, or it's a collaboration where we come up with the flavor together and we both sell it. That's really fun. Um, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but you've done collabs in the past, but just not with another ice cream maker. You've done them with other local food makers and beverage makers. Yeah, we, we're doing collaborations pretty much nonstop um, That's awesome. at this point. So if you, uh, one of the things, you know, I talked about our, our ice cream and focusing more on the ice cream. If you go into our store at this point, uh, any of the flavors that have a collaboration or a local ingredient um, will be notated with a heart or um, or any of the flavors that contain an ingredient that we prep or make in-house will have a, mm -hmm. a gold star. And so that's one of the things that we really worked hard on is the communication to our customers of what's like local, what's in-house made. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, at any moment you could see probably between five and 10 flavors that are collaborations or, or incorporating a local ingredient. That's incredible. You guys are awesome. And I'm, I'm glad and a little surprised to hear, I'm glad to hear that you want to concentrate on hype and how great your ice cream is and surprised to hear that you feel like the ice cream has not gotten that kind of uh, push from y'all. Um, and I'd, I'd love to help you get that word out there. Of course, but I've been a fan since the day I moved here. You were right in my neighborhood when I first got here. And your ice cream is just fantastic. It's like super high quality, really rich and creamy. Um, and your vegan flavors are bar none. The best I've ever had anywhere, not just in Nashville, but anywhere. And I'm not vegan, of course, but I do enjoy trying different things. And the variety of different milks that you use in your vegan ice creams is astounding. Do you mind just kind of rattling them off for our, our vegan listeners? Sure. So I, that has been a huge uh, focus of ours in the last couple of years is the vegan side of things. And and we started with making all of the vegan milk bases in-house um, probably in like 2017 or 18. And the ones that we've settled on are pepita milk. So a pepita seed is like a shelled pumpkin seed. Mm -hmm. So we make a pepita milk, um, hemp milk, oat milk, uh, which is made using gluten-free oats. 
Um, and almond milk and cashew milk are the primary milks that we use right now. We've, we used to make a coconut milk, but we phased that out because of the sustainability Okay. of coconut, um, of coconut trees, you know, they're planting coconut trees all over the place. And it's similar with almonds too. And so we sort of phased out almonds a little bit more Mm -hmm. and focus more on, on pepita milk and oat milk and hemp milk. Um, I would say those are the primary three, but it's completely in made in-house from scratch, like where we start with this, just the seeds, the raw seeds and build from there. And to have that control, to know that it's like super clean is something that, that makes us happy and proud about that side of our business. Yeah, you should be. And I'll tell you, I had, I had a young couple on one of my tours a few weeks ago and they were a really fun, young sort of punk rock looking couple. And they had been in town for a couple of days already. And so they kept telling me where they had been and they mentioned they had been to the hop. At, in the S&W building, by the way, people should be aware that the hop is right downtown now in the S&W, as well as in West Asheville and North Asheville. And um, and they had tried a flight of your vegan ice creams and they loved them like they were raving about them. And I said, oh, and I, I already knew the answer to this question because they were on my food tour. I was like, you guys are not vegan, though, right? And they were like, no, we're not. We just saw all the different stuff they offered and we wanted to try it. And we were really glad we did. So I'm going to encourage everybody, whether you're vegan or not, to branch out a little bit and try these other dairy-free ice creams. Uh, they're quite good, and you offer some unique flavors in those uh, vegan flavors. Or, or am I wrong? Do, do you have vegan flavors that you can't get with dairy, or do you just do vegan versions of everything you do with dairy? There are definitely some some vegan flavors that are only available vegan um, and some dairy flavors that are only available dairy. Okay. Um, like salted caramel, for instance, we d we've done it before as a vegan flavor, but not typically, um, vegan caramel is, if you've ever tried it, is not the easiest thing in the world. Um, I, I didn't even, I guess now I'm thinking, oh yeah, butter, <laughs> butter and caramel. I didn't even think caramel's not vegan, but yeah, that sounds like a pain in the ass to make vegan caramel. Yeah. It, it, but anyways, yes. So the answer is there's some, some flavors will do both dairy and vegan and some are exclusively vegan some are exclusively dairy that's great uh having those kinds of options especially here in Asheville, is really important not just because people we do have a higher i think I, I don't know the numbers exactly but it feels like we have a higher percentage of vegans and vegetarians per population than other areas and um even a lot of people such as myself who are not practicing those diets are um you know curious adjacent or just food fans who want to try everything. So it's great that you guys have such a fantastic selection. Now, Thanks. Greg, if you don't mind, let's talk a little bit about what you do for social media and what you do to market, because you, you and I had a brief conversation before I hit the record button. We were talking about how important it is to make relationships and to network in this, in any city, but in particular in Asheville. And I, I, I felt like you were getting to at a point of like, authenticity really matters because there are some promo companies that aren't located in Asheville that promote businesses in Asheville. And I'll tell you, as somebody who promotes other people's businesses, the best ones from out of town reach out to me. <laughs> like they know who I am, even though they don't live here, but they know like, Oh, there's this local guy. He knows a lot. Let's work with him. So yes, relationships are great. So you do 
the marketing and social media for the hop yourself, correct? Yes. Yeah. There's, you know, a lot's changed in how social media works and in, in the last few years. And, and I think for, for a lot of good reasons is that people aren't just wanting you to promote your product and, you know, for lack of a better phrase, just hit smack them in the face with it over and over again. Mm -hmm. And one of the, one of the things that, that you hear a lot of the times in these circles is, is, you know, develop relationships, Mm -hmm. build relationships. The point of social media is to build relationships. It's not just to sell your product and sell and sell and sell. Mm -hmm. And as I hear that more and more, you know, I hit a kind of a rut with social media where it's just like, you know, trying to wrap my head around different ways to talk about the things that the hop offers or, or even the community side of things through the business. And, you know, just felt like, you know, there's my hand holding an ice cream cone, right? That's like, <laughs> that's what you get. Over with, and over again. Yeah. And I was like, surely there has to be another way. And, and I, as I'm, as I was sort of going to classes, um, you know, JB Media offers free webinars all the time about social media and um, Sarah Benoit and and some of the, the people that are attached to JB Media do some really great free courses. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I was going through those, everybody was talking about relationships and it just dawned on me one day. It's like, we've built these relationships. Like that's, that's what we've made as the primary focus of the business. I mean, primary is ice cream. Secondary would be relationships. And we've been doing that ever since Ashley and I took over. We knew that that was how we wanted the business to to operate was, you know, through these relationships. And that it, it was like, we've done that. So why not reach out to people? Why not? Why not? check in with those folks that we've built relationships with and see what we can do now. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 there was a period of time where, you know, it was probably during COVID when everything was just sort of up in the air all the time and it was hard to be confident about anything. I, I just would be in my little shell and, and feel like all I could do was take a picture of my hand holding an ice cream. Right. And after enough of these meetings and, and, um, you know, professional development, I suppose, on the marketing side, it, it was just like, it's all about relationships. And so why not, you know, reach out to you? Why not bring you a Yule log? Why not um, reach out to the Go Local card and see what we can come up with? And just from being present in those relationships, amazing things will happen and have happened and will continue to happen. Absolutely. That's, that's such a gratifying and, and grounding thing. It's like, yes, we, it's, you know, we make this ice cream. We want people to know how it's made. We want people to know what's different about it than, than other ice cream companies. You know, the business side of things still exists, but through these relationships, we get to talk about that in a way that uplifts everyone. And when you get down to the ethos of the hop, it, it really is to provide a launch pad so that people can grow. And, and ice cream just has this knack of doing that. And I see it over and over again with some of these collaborations is that the people associated like find ways to come to, to be elevated, to be uplifted. And 
it doesn't have to be their business or, or like even just your mood, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like walk oh, into yeah. a room with a tub of ice cream and all of a sudden everybody starts smiling. Oh my you know? God, dude, you're everybody's best friend if you show up with <laughs> ice cream for sure. Well, I love that, Greg, like a better world through ice cream. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, food is a conduit to relationships. Because uh, I do these tours, I see strangers interact with each other around food all the time. And if I perceive any awkwardness at all, I'll tell them, like, if you don't know what to talk about, just talk about the food. And then they do. And then before you know it, they're talking about their vacation plans, where they went to college, you know, like it's a jumping off point. So I agree, like in this town in particular, building those relationships, doing those collabs, being, um, you know, you don't have to be the face of your company necessarily in a literal sense. But I think that at least behind the scenes, it's great to like go to, go to the events, be there, press the flesh, meet the people, be helpful to upstarts and be, and accept help from those who uh, have been around longer than us. And just to be a food community. And we saw that we've mentioned 2020 and the hard times quite a bit, but we saw that how this town, this food scene really did hang tight and hang together during that hard time. I always joke about how uh, we all say, oh, we're all family, we're all community in any job we ever have. And then when the chips are down, when the chips hit the fan, uh, you really find out if you're a family in a community. And I feel like Asheville found out that we really are. And and you guys are a big part of that, been around a long time. You provide some of the most comforting food in this town. And you and Ashley are like just good people that we all know, love and trust. And I think that that is more important than some sort of, you know, genius marketing scheme that you've got or a promo that you're pushing real hard because I don't know, those kinds of relationships are more solid and more long lasting. So for sure. Uh, Greg, I love it that you guys are part of this community and that you're going to be doing some exciting things in uh, 2023. Do you, do you have any last things you want to say to people? And please do all the business of a uh, website where you want people to follow you and all of that stuff. But let's wrap it up. Just say whatever else you want to say right now. And then we'll say goodbye. Yeah, I think uh, hopefully y'all will experience some fun times with us in the coming year. We are, are really... Uh, we've shed a lot of the excess, a lot of the frustrations and anxiety and guilt and stress and everything from the the previous years and are ready to have some fun again. So I hope that through the hop, y'all will experience some fun with us and um, website and social media is all hop ice cream NC. Uh, so hop ice cream NC.com hop ice cream NC on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, although I'm in your court on Twitter pretty much done with it yeah um i, I ditched it a couple of days ago um, yeah i saw that i didn't uh, get a lot of juice from twitter anyways and uh fa- facebook is just super fun and i get a lot of juice out of it and and yeah. instagram i'm i'm personally less into because it's less wordsy mm-hmm. and I'm a, I'm a writer so but still i have fun on insta and you guys have a great presence on instagram and on facebook yeah thanks yeah um all right man well it's so great to see you i'm loving this yule log where we ate some for breakfast i'm sure i'll have some for lunch and dinner and uh you guys you and ashley are just 
you're, you're solid as a rock in this town and you make our food scene wonderful. So thanks for being part of it. And thanks for coming on the show today, Greg. Thank you. I, I would say the same about, about you and, and in particular with the startups. So I see that and I hope that um, that other people see it too, because it really is vital for, for folks uh, that are just getting started. And I, you and a couple other people were that to us when Ashley and I first took over the business. So no, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. We have a great little social media community, a great little indie media community. My friend Lucho over at Asheville multicultural has really stepped up his game. And so yeah. there's a lot of opportunities for small businesses such as yourself to work with indie media, which is for the most part free. It's going to cost you some food, you know? <laughs> um, all right. Uh, it's hard for me to say goodbye because I'm so isolated and lonely while I'm here with my COVID. But Greg, I know you're busy, so I'll let you go. All right. Thank you so much, Stu. We'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Hey, everybody. It's me, Stu Helma, food fan, back here at Food Fan Headquarters. And I have one of my favorite guests, a recurring guest. I have Jen Hampton from Asheville Food and Beverage United, the proto-union that's getting so much done for the workers here in Asheville. Hey, Jen, how are you this morning? Hey, Stu, I'm doing pretty great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. There's a cold snap going on in Asheville right now. I love that. I know mm -hmm. you're not a fan of the cold, so I'm sorry about that for you. It's okay. It's it's a good excuse to wear my my hoodies, you know? I love a good hoodie, so I'm trying to make that my positive spin this year i've got a big collection of hoodies now a nice afbu hoodie so yeah you do actually i just saw that post last week so let's just launch right into it you've got all kinds of news or i i don't even know i told you not to tell me anything so mm -hmm. that i would be just as surprised as the audience to hear these things so why don't you just tell us what's going on with Asheville food and beverage united yeah totally so I think the, the biggest, most exciting news is that the reduced parking program for the Cox Avenue deck is now live. The application just opened up last week. It's got a one month window. Yeah, so it's, it's um, you can apply today through January 13th. And we really need people to go on and apply so that they know that we really are interested in this program. Because if it sells out and there's a big waiting list, then they're going to open up more spots. And if that also goes well and fills up, then they're going to consider opening up another deck for the same program. And then also, if this That's... all goes really well with the county, the city's going to be like, hmm, maybe we should do it too. That's right. You told us from the beginning that the city is having some shame issues now that the county <laughs> is stepping up to help the, the people yeah. who work in the city. Um, mm -hmm. Well, that is just fantastic news. Like, I can't stress enough how amazing that is and how what great news that is for all the downtown workers. And I was just telling somebody yesterday that this was good news for everybody, because when the workers mm -hmm. have their dedicated spaces in the county parking garage, um, that means there's more street spaces and more other parking garage spaces open for everybody else. So you know, one of the big complaints I hear all the time, and I don't drive a car, so it doesn't really affect me that much. Mm -hmm. But the biggest complaint I hear about downtown is parking. Absolutely. And it, and it's a good point that you brought that up, that it's good for everybody, because 
Um, I live and work downtown, so I honestly didn't know it was an issue either until I, until I started talking to workers. Um, but also talking to people anecdotally and seeing the, the drastic drop in business lately mm-hmm. for downtown, um, it seemed, and, and I've heard a lot of people say that it's because they can't find a place to park. It's too expensive to park. It's just such a hassle to go downtown these days. Mm-hmm. So I think if we were able to free up some of those spaces for um, visitors to downtown, workers had, like you said, a dedicated place to park, then it would make it better for everybody. I agree. It's the cliche of all boats rising. When good things happen for the workers, it's just no doubt about it. And it's like played out throughout history. When good things happen for the workers, it's good for society. At, in exactly. Um, because guess the what? Workers, workers are, are customers too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the workers are the base of society. You know, no, I don't mm-hmm. mean that in a negative way. I mean that in the most positive mm-hmm. way. And um, we, uh, when good things happen for us, good things happen for everybody. So congratulations on that giant win. And how do people go about signing up? And We've covered this before, but let's go over it again. How do you qualify? What are the requirements? Where do they go? Well, first and foremost, you have to work within one mile of Pack Square. Um, so that that's pretty wide uh, radius. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to make a, at or below 80% average median income which right now for one person, I believe is 14 or 1500 a month. Um, okay. I'm not, I'm not, I can't remember the exact number right now, okay. um, but it's all there on the website and you go to the county's website to the, um, actually just go to our Instagram page okay. and our link tree link is in the bio and it's got all of our stuff. If you go to that link tree, it's got the parking application is the first link that will come up. Okay. So Instagram is your first stop. And mm-hmm. what, what is your tag on Instagram? It's at AVLFBU. AVLFBU. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's one great piece of news. You got anything else for us, Jen? Yeah. Well, um, on the parking, we're also, as you know, still working on getting the city to do something about it. Um, so that that's all that we have right now for the parking. But we are launching a big wage theft campaign. So we have created a wage theft survey because since this parking thing blew up and people have started learning more about ASEU and that we exist, um, we've had several workers, I would say more than several, it's been almost almost one to two every week have called me or emailed us and told us about things that are happening in their workplace that does constitute wage theft. Mm-hmm. We've helped several people file claims with the NLRB. So, um, we decided we should go ahead and find out just how pervasive this issue is in Asheville and do something about it. So we are currently collecting wage theft data, uh, survey data, and that is also in our link tree. And we are going to start a, another canvassing campaign tomorrow afternoon um, with our survey and just going around talking to workers around town at restaurants and finding out if they're having any issues and let them know how we can help. We've got little info sheets that we're handing out that describes what the laws are around tipping um, and other issues that are coming up with wage theft. So we want everybody to be empowered through education. That's that's fantastic. Like, that's mm-hmm. just great. I read an article just the other day about how wage theft is kind of endemic in the food industry across mm-hmm. the whole country. 
and how Definitely. it it's actually it far outweighs other kinds of theft like petty theft, mm-hmm. car theft. Um, it's yeah. I think the article said it was the made up the majority of theft in it the does country. yeah and in the entire country waste theft. We don't. We don't. We, we don't. think of like, stick, are... stick them up. Give me all your money. That's what we think of for theft, right? Like getting mugged on the street, mm-hmm. getting broke into you in your house or having your car broke into or stolen. These are the things that we think of when we think theft. Right. And then to find out that the largest theft in the country is wage theft is kind of an eye opener for everybody. It was. Yeah. When I found, I read that, I read an article like that recently too. And I was like, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we got to get on this then. Because that that's just not going to fly. Yeah, can't and, and Jen, how do decisions like this get made at AFBU? Just uh, out of my own curiosity, so you start to receive emails, and then you bring it up mm-hmm. to a committee, or how does that work? Yeah, um, I, as you know, or may may or may not know, but I'm the co-chair of Asheville Food and Beverage right now. Um, we have a steering committee made up of seven individuals, and we meet once or twice a month. Um, we meet twice a month, not everybody comes to both meetings, but we will have a discussion and present our findings and then have a vote on whether or not we should go forward. And then we have subcommittees, like right now we've got a wage theft committee. And so we are brainstorming and, you know, have a chat where we figure all this stuff out. And yeah, it's, it's a pretty, pretty good process I think you know a lot of people are involved there's a lot of feedback and back and forth before we launch anything to the public wow that's great it's like a form of governance Mm -hmm. of like self-governance and Mm -hmm. that's really great I mean to me that's what uh the United States of America is all about is about self-governing on the small level on the medium level the big level the federal level like the government Mm -hmm. of the people is what it's all about and I, I I personally believe in every level of government because it, it is of the people people are problematic so government can yeah. be problematic but i love what you guys are doing because I, I think you told me you're getting advice from the um the who is it the the truckers union i forget the teamsters is that the teamsters is one yeah we have a whole we have an advisory board now okay. so we do have a wide range of people from various organizations in the area um, that we can call on for advice. You know, we have experts in labor law. We have um, experts in economic development in um, people who know how to form organization structures. You know, mm-hmm. just economics has been a huge source of advice for us. Um, mm-hmm. And DSA has been very helpful. Um, the what AFL-CIO, is the DSA? I'm sorry, I'm not Democratic familiar with DSA. Socialist. It's okay. Democratic Socialists of America. They've got a pretty okay. active chapter here in, in Asheville. Okay, cool. And mm-hmm. uh, I am not a person who's afraid of the word democratic socialism. I know that that's not socialism or communism. It's just a form right. of spreading what we have available to us like politically across the board. Um, and right. I'm, it- I'm not the most savvy person, but I do listen to some podcasts and stuff. Um. (laughs) Yeah, basically, democratic socialism is us deciding the people making decisions about how our society will be supported by our government. There you go. You summed it up beautifully. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's great. And that the advice you're getting, the advisory boards and all of that stuff. 
this I feel like is part of why you guys are so successful because you're not just like we're going to reinvent the wheel and fly by yeah. the seat of our pants and do it Asheville style y'all um you're like let's get some advice from the experts well I would say to that that doing things in a communal way um with everybody in the community um you know participating in the decision making process is very Asheville I think that that to me, taking a collaborative approach is the definition of what it means to be an Asherillian. You know, you we go. do things as a community here. So I, I think we're not reinventing the wheel, but we are doing it Asheville style. There you go, Jen. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cast aspersions no, on the no. city of Asheville. There's two kinds of Asheville styles. There's like, sorry, I can't come into work today, boss. It's too sunny out. Uh, and then there's like, <laughs> let's all get together and do something. And this town really has mm -hmm. done the latter quite a bit. I mean, the fact that downtown even exists is the result yeah. of the locals coming together back in like the 1980s and saving downtown from being destroyed, like literally torn mm -hmm. down. Mm -hmm. So the history of activism here in Asheville is, is long and successful. And you guys are really, in my opinion, you're like at the forefront of that. You're right at the pointy edge of getting things done and moving forward and progressing with things so thank you for that I agree. yeah yeah and uh let's talk about hoodies and stuff you guys mm -hmm. got some merch in, and this is a, one way that people who are not in the food and beverage industry can help support your efforts by purchasing some of your merch and also people who are in the food and beverage industry can wear it proudly and show and spark up a conversation with people who see them wear so why don't you tell us about it yeah, totally. We um, have some really cool t-shirts and hoodies. I wish I would have worn my hoodie, but it's laundry day, so it's dirty. But <laughs> the hoodies are super comfy, and they are locally um, printed at Lightning Bolt, Inc. Oh, I know um, Lightning Bolt. Good people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, They're really good people, and they give us a social justice discount. And, you know, I needed them to hurry up and get these done on a time crunch this time. They totally did it. So they're amazing. They did our t-shirts and our hoodies both. Uh, we are almost sold out of hoodies. We just got them in last week on Tuesday. I took them to the brew pump and almost completely sold out. We had 40 and I think I have five left right now. Congrats. So people are loving them. Um, we are going to order a new batch soon. All we have left right now is a couple of mediums and some extra large. So if people want to purchase one of those, they're $40. Um, our t-shirts are just regular t-shirts. They're also comfy. You know, I got the softer fabric. Um, those are $20. And okay. you can purchase any of those by reaching out to us through Instagram or Facebook. Fantastic. And if you're local, I'm more than happy to deliver them. Wow. All right. She does it all. Uh, <laughs> I want people to have these hoodies and t-shirts and wear yeah, them. Yeah, so. for real. And can yeah. I tell you, as somebody who has printed uh, t-shirts, I've never printed hoodies before, but congrats on the sales because uh, that's not always easy. A lot of times you end up giving yeah. them away after you don't sell them. Yeah. Um, that's so what we did with our t-shirts. We, we actually gave most of them away with our first batch just to increase awareness because people hadn't heard of us yet. Yeah, that's that's so smart. I actually advise people to do that sometimes. I'm like, if you're going to print T-shirts, give give mm -hmm. most of the first batch away just to spark interest. So, yeah. So congrats. I mean, merchandising is not always easy, but it it can be super mm -hmm. helpful. Um, so you guys are doing great with that as far as I can tell. 
Jen, yeah, is and there... our logo is super sweet. I think I, think I agree. It's really cool. It's the fist with the fork. The fist the... with the fork and yeah. the mountains behind it. It's great. I love it. Um, and Jen, do you have anything else you want to tell the folks before we uh, say goodbye, or do you and or do you have a restaurant that you want to shout out? Dang, I always forget about the restaurant I want to shout out. Forgot to warn you. <laughs> I usually tell you before we hit the record button. If you oh. if, it, if you're too on the spot, oh, you have you got something? Okay. Yeah, I just remembered. Um, I finally made it over to Gypsy Queen for the first time. Oh. Yeah, it was so good. I had the not lamb gyro. Okay. Um. Oh, it was so good. They have vegan um tzatziki sauce, and okay. they make their own seitan there. Um, it was it was so big. I had to take half of it home for dinner. And then I had these little candies, and it was like rose water and pistachio caramel thing. It oh, was yeah. just. It was a very exciting um, little lunch there. I was the taste in my mouth had me like, wow, mm, this is so good, y'all. That's that's awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Gypsy Queen is an old favorite of Asheville and of mine. Mm -hmm. The owner, Susie, is a really nice person and a fellow organizer. Jen, she helped to yep. get the laws passed to allow food trucks here in Asheville. She was she oh. was the primary organizer for that. Um, I didn't know that. That's good to know. Yeah, every food truck in this city has has her to thank for being here. Um, and right I know that you practice a vegan diet, so it's great that you were able to try her amazing flavors. I didn't even know she offered a, a vegan lamb substitute, so that's good for me to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It tasted like lamb, too. It was, it was really good. That's great. I, I wonder if it was textured vegetable protein because that or seitan because those two seitan. things seitan okay that's what mm -hmm. i that's what i would use uh because it has yep. a texture and a color similar to, to you know um all right and and any afb uh news or you just want to shout out the website whatever you got let's get it done right now before we say goodbye yeah just go go to our instagram page the a, a at avlfbu um check out our posts and so um, follow us and then also click on the link in our bio to get to our link tree to find all of our other um, information and sites. All right. Well, Jen, I can't, I can't tell you how much <laughs> me and everybody I know really appreciates the efforts of the oh. AFBU and so impressed with what you guys have been able to achieve and what seems like a very short amount of time, although the lead up it to does. it was a decade, yeah. right? And then right. But since the launch, it's like things are just going so well. So congratulations. And thanks. thanks. And I'll have some really exciting news to share with you next month. I can't tell you about it, but it's going to be big. Fantastic. So. Oh, my gosh. It keeps rolling. <laughs> the hits keep coming, folks. Um, all right, Jen. Well, thanks again for all you do. Thanks for being on the show. Have a wonderful holiday, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks. You too, Stu. All right, everybody, I'm back one last time just to deliver a little food news and say goodbye. So the food news I alluded to was that the person who invented chicken tikka masala has passed away. His name was Ali Ahmed Aslam, and he's a chef and restaurateur who owns a restaurant in Glasgow, Scotland. And I'll tell you what, I found out that he existed and that he died on the same day. I had never heard of this guy. 
I did not know that chicken tikka masala was a dish that someone like invented. That might sound totally stupid, but I'm thinking it's been around for 2,000 years or whatever, and everybody's got their own take on it. But no, this chef Ali Ahmed Aslam, he invented this dish, and it is, like I said, it's just something that you think of as iconic, been around forever. And I just wanted to acknowledge him. There's not a lot of people you can point to in the world who invented such a universally known and beloved dish makes a little more sense to me now why it's the national dish of great britain since it was invented in glasgow um and so i just wanted to acknowledge the passing of chef ali ahmed aslam i also wanted to remind you guys that airashville.org uh has the holiday hours for many of the restaurants around town if you're wondering who's open on New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, etc. You can check airashville.org. And if you're a restaurant, whether or not you're a member of Air, you can contact them with your holiday hours. So get online and find their contact info and send them your holiday hours. I know people are very, very interested in what your holiday hours are. And finally, I just want to say thank you to everybody and congratulations to everybody. We made our MANA Food Bank fundraising deadline. We raised over $5,000. Our goal was $5,000. We ended up raising $5,250. And with that money, MANA can provide 21,000 nutritious meals to people in need here in Western North Carolina. So everybody who contributed to our fundraiser, large or small or super large donations, we had some very generous donations this year. Thank you so much from me and from the people at Mana Food Bank. And a fun fact, I found out that Mana has a blank check that like a giant check, like you might get from Publishers Clearinghouse Sweepstakes, that is made on dry erase material. So in the new year, I'm going to get a picture of myself handing over a giant check to the folks at MANA. So that's real fun. I guess that's something that's been on my bucket list. Giant check. Uh, Who doesn't want to do that? All right, folks. So thank you for that. Thank you for listening. Thank you, WPVM uh, 103.7, the progressive voice of the mountains, for turning my humble podcast into a radio broadcast. Please find me on social media. Stu Helm Food Fan is my moniker across all platforms. And please subscribe to my newsletter if you can. And that is at Substack. So just go to Substack.com and search for my name, Stu Helm Food Fan. Thanks again, everybody. Have a happy uh, holiday, no matter how you celebrate or whether or not you celebrate. I hope you have a great weekend and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.
this episode of the Food Fans Radio Show was underwritten in part by Asheville Food Tours. Did you know that there are over 200 places to eat and drink in downtown Asheville alone? It can be overwhelming. Whether you're a visitor or a local, there's no better way to experience downtown Asheville than taking a food tour with Asheville Food Tours. Details, pricing, and an easy-to-use calendar can be found at AshevilleFoodTours.com. That's AshevilleFoodTours.com.